welcome back to The Great Connect with Carrie and Amy. Today, we are joined by Kat, a resilient entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and podcaster. From performing on stage at 10 to navigating teenage pregnancy and enduring an abusive relationship, she has emerged courageous and empowered. Kat's inspiring love story led her to marry her soulmate in a symbolic cave ceremony. As the founder of The Lotus Effect, she empowers individuals to rise above challenges and unlock their potential through a powerful mindset and customized business operations. Her mission is to guide others on their lotus journey, transforming muddy waters into beautiful, fulfilled lives. Let's meet Kat Polsonelli. Hi, Kat. Hi. <laughs> oh, I am all the feels in reading your bio. Wow. Thank you. Amazing. Please tell us a little bit more about yourself. Oh, goodness. Well, I feel like I kind of summed it up. No, <laughs> I've always been, a, as you can tell, on stage at 10, I've always been an outgoing, ambitious individual. So I did hit a snag at the age of 17, is what I tell everybody. What I always tell everyone is I, I don't fit into a lot of the statistics that a lot of people have around those that get pregnant young or get into an abusive relationship. I actually had a really great upbringing. My parents are actually still together 40 something years later. Yeah. So kind of one of those, I trusted a boy for the first time because I was so into sports and everything else, but that ambition is what led me on through the pregnancy. So I did end up having my son. I changed schools, graduated a year early, second in class, president of student council, got a full-time job babysitting so he could come with me to the daycare center. And uh, I started college in the evening. But you know, at the age of 18, right, you still kind of have that I can figure it all out syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were a little bit more old school at that time, you know, and so we bumped heads and that did lead into a different relationship with a guy that for me was the complete opposite of how I've been raised, like really rebellious, did whatever he wanted, told his parents what he wanted, right? I was like, oh, this is like, this is allowed, right? <laughs> so, so that got me into that relationship, which got me out of my house at 18. The unfortunate part is that it did end up in an eight year abusive relationship. I did have my second son at the age of 19. So I'm very blessed have both of my boys. The time that I got out, I was about 27, 28. And so I tell everyone I literally started life over. Um, I had a great medical job at the time, but I had to figure out how to buy a car. I had to buy my first cell phone and I filed for bankruptcy at that time. So I moved back with my parents into one bedroom with my kids to kind of try to get back on my feet. And that took a really long time. I was great with the kids, you know, and I did all the things that everybody does, right? We make up for all the stuff that we've been through. We make up for the things our kids didn't get to do. Um, so that was a huge part of my life. But what ended up happening was I became what I called a bona fide people pleaser, right? Because I enjoyed doing everything for anyone because that meant I didn't have to be alone. So I put myself back through college at night. I worked a full-time job, 40 to 50 hours a week. My kids were in school. I would come home, do all the things. And then usually about every other weekend, if not more, we were out hiking or doing something. So I was constantly busy, <laughs> busy. And so I didn't actually start my healing journey until about six years ago. Um, I was in a, another relationship I had gotten into for about four and a half years. We bought a house. Um, I got engaged, thought it was going to be the one. And then that's when things started coming back up. And I realized that there were some similarities and there were what I learned were triggers. So that kind of gave me a different thought process. And I had tried therapy, but therapy didn't work for me. Unfortunately for me, I felt very boxed in. Um, I was diagnosed with PTSD. I was diagnosed with anxiety. And I was told that I had basically been brainwashed because of my last relationship. 
yeah. So like a lot to, to take in. And I tried for a little bit, but for me, I just felt like somebody was just slapping a label on me. So I started my own healing journey, started learning about manifestation. I had people started popping out of the woodworks. I found a couple of really great books that actually ended up dissolving that relationship. So I sold my home to him. I moved my kids back out and I started again in an apartment and jumped into the world of real estate at the time. Single mom wanted more time with her kids, right? <laughs> FYI, that happens, that happens later in the entrepreneurial journey, not in the beginning. <laughs> Nobody tells you that. <laughs> uh, just, you know, in case you weren't aware, <laughs> but that's actually where I ended up meeting my husband. He had taken a break from IT, which he had done for 20 something years. And we both happened to show up at an event we were not supposed to go to that we had both decided we weren't going to show up to and we just never stopped talking. So it's it's been uh, an interesting ride, but I'm very blessed with where I'm at today and the new relationship that I have with my kids, especially after really working on my own healing. I was then able to not only portray that and show my kids, but have conversations about it as well. My boys are now 19 and 15, so it's a really great tool to be able to use in helping them grow into adulthood, you know, where everything is completely scattered. So, wow, you have lived a full life. Absolutely. It has been full. <laughs> lots of experiences, lots of learnings, lots of lessons. My goodness. Well, I hear Kat, I heard you say that you had a great upbringing and then several things in between that weren't so ideal for you at the time. And then now you are living your best life in many ways as well, like through partnership and through with your partner. What does the human connection mean to you as it relates to kind of those chunks of your life that you just explained so eloquently <laughs> as early, like what is a human connection? Like, especially those humans that maybe didn't serve you at the time or those that did, how does that all come into focus for you? I think looking back on it now, right, in hindsight, especially once I really started learning how to heal myself, you learn that there's a reason for certain things that happen in your life. And so there it goes from this happening to me to this happened for me for a reason, right? And that has been the biggest shift, which actually allowed me to completely let go of the things that my ex did to me because he was involved in my son's life up to about six months ago. And that's always hard, right? Continually dealing with a person that triggers you and offers all of these things against what you want to do. But, you know, a lot of people kind of go back to like, oh, do you forgive them? Well, you can't forget. It's not really forgiveness. It's it's forgiveness for me of what I went through and forgiving myself for hating myself for so long for the things that I went through. And that to me is kind of that human connection of finding yourself again and learning to love every piece of yourself, just like you would if your kid messed up, right? You don't hate them. You still love them. You may be disappointed in them, but we forget to do that for ourselves. So for me, that's that's the human connection is creating that self-love that we would wholeheartedly offer to a small child and offering that to yourself as you go through these phases and then learn from them, right? And I do feel like, I went through certain lessons because I've always been ambitious, but I've always been a voice for other people. And I know that there are so many out there that suffer in silence through whatever traumas that they have been through. And I've been around a lot of people that have been through that, but 
I can be the voice for them, right? I can share my story on a level that a lot of people are not comfortable with. And I think that is part of my superpower is being able to share that and bridge the gap for those that don't feel like they can share it and creating space for them to be able to come out of their shell to a point that they're comfortable with and get to the next level of healing. Yes. 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 I love that so much. I'm like, uh, there's so much in that. And I think the beauty of being able to remember that human connection isn't external, it's also internal, right? And that Mm -hmm. we often say, oh, well, human connection, and it's true. And there is value in finding the people around you that help you learn about yourself. But the truth is what you just said, which is it's an internal journey as well. I love that. I love that. There's something that one of my coaches and I work on, which is and it's something correlated to what you just said, Kat, was that when I'm triggered by something, I wouldn't be triggered by it if it weren't already in me. Mm-hmm. So you said earlier, like there's still things whenever I feel any sort of emotion, even happiness, you know, every emotion is beautiful. Let's feel it. Let's feel our feels. But depending on what it is, it's an invitation to say, hey, what's, what is that? And where that, where is that coming from? And what part of me is still coming up that doesn't feel quite right. And like, it's just a a perfect example. I'll give a a quick, super quick story and Carrie, I didn't even tell you this yet, but this morning it was announced that the last company I was with for almost a decade. And that's where I had so much of abuse happen for me. The CEO is no longer there as of this morning. And that is a really interesting turn of events. And when I heard the news, I felt everything rising in me. I was like, Ooh, Hey, and I, and it was really awesome because after, you know, being almost a year out, it's like, why is that impacting me? And and it's not exactly what you were talking about, but it really resonates with, with something that, um, that was rising in me this morning. And I've been able to sit with it and have time for myself and say, what, where's, where's that, where's that rooted in? And so I really think it's beautiful the way that you have been able to, you said healing journey for about six, six years, you said Mm -hmm. you've been able to turn that around. And what's hard is that when you're not there yet for one of us to say, Oh, it happened for you. It's all gorgeous. They're like, someone could really sit in the muck of it and be like, nah, yeah. (laughs) F off. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. And it's what I think has been the most interesting, um, you know, besides being able to have conversations with people and people like really open up because, you know, I provide a non-judgment zone, but the, the most interesting piece has been the way that I conversate with my kids, the way that I conversate in my relationship, right? Like even when my kids get frustrated If I feel myself rising, I'm able to notice it before it becomes an issue and I can step back down. Right. And then we can address it or we can give each other space. Like that's, that's something that I've told both of my kids, you know, um, especially them being young men. I feel like young men kind of get left out in that emotional part, right? Um, Women, they're like, oh, cry it out. Men, they're like, suck it the hell up, right? Like that's, and so being able to teach my men, 
that like, it's okay to be upset, right? Like it's okay to be frustrated. And if you need a minute versus continuing the argument, you need to just tell someone, right? And so I've created that space that my boys now are able to do that where it comes natural, right? Where if they're having a mode, they're like, I, I can't talk to you right now. Like I'm going to explode. I'm like, okay, then we'll, we'll come back in a few minutes, right? But there's that space, which I think that is a huge missing chunk in the human connection completely is that respect of communication and understanding from both sides. So it's been interesting to see how that has, I've done a complete 180 on how I parent my kids, considering how I parented them when they were younger, you know, and I was always like, I'm in control. I'm mom. I do, you do what I tell you to do versus now where there's a level of respect that I'm still a parent. And there's also a level of respect from me as a parent of allowing them to communicate whatever it is that they're going through and accepting it because I realize that that's not my perception and that's not my emotions. And so it's not right for me to control them. You give them autonomy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Care, I know that probably resonates with you. Would you like to share? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All of it resonates deeply. So I have a four-year-old girl and a six-year-old boy and a six-year-old boy who, well, he's a cancer. So he feels all the feels and (laughs) all the things in a very masculine energy, right? So he needs to physically move emotions in a variety of different ways. But for me, that's been a really big opportunity to learn. Um, Emotions weren't something that was done in my household as a child. And so I'm relearning them at the same time. So I, I love how you're saying like this one in parenting because you're offering two things to me as I hear that. One, we don't have to get it perfect every single day. I'm going to cry, right? Even though we try really hard to, and you can still do amazing things by just being you and learning and growing along the path too. And that's kind of the best example for that. So I love that you offered that because that's just really like powerful to remember that you, you know, tomorrow you could change your whole pattern of how you communicate and you can still have impact um, in those moments. And I agree that the masculine energy and the boys in particular, I'm trying really hard to, if nothing else, just validate his feelings. Like, even if I can't, you know, even if there's all kinds of other lessons or things that need to happen or boundaries or whatever that happens to be, just, I believe you. And that's okay to feel that way. Mm-hmm. I, you give me inspiration <laughs> uh, in doing that because it's not easy work, right? Like, no, it, it's not. Sometimes it feels like that. Just do as I say and let them like, that feels a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the and at times, right. Yeah. And I appreciate that. It, it's, they always say monkey see monkey do. And I noticed that with my kids, like the more that I opened up about my healing and I told them like, mom's going to meditate, mom's going to breathe, mom needs a minute. The more that I started doing that, that is what was reflected back versus me telling them, you just need to breathe, right? That doesn't help anyone. (laughs) And when you think about it, right? Anytime somebody tells you that you're like, screw off, but yet we tell our kids, right? So, but I think that a lot of that is because we don't know how to handle the emotion we're dealing with and especially being parents we're very empathetic so now we're feeling their emotions too and so you get like all that those like wrapped up and entangled then it's like ah because you don't you don't know what to do with it and that's why I, I was like you know what we need five minutes I'm gonna let you go breathe 
I'm going to go breathe. We'll come back and we'll talk then. And I can't tell you how many times that solved issues in our household, especially with my boys, you know, and even the conversations that my husband and I have, it's funny because my husband just the other day, he was messing with me in the kitchen. He's like poking me. And I'm like, what are you doing? He was like, we don't fight. Like we need to fight. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, I don't know. Isn't that what couples do? And I'm like, we have disagreements. He was like, but we just sit and talk. And I'm like, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, he was just picking, but so many, you know, people, especially, I just talked to the lady the other day. She's like, you know, I just, I haven't had an argument and that's weird. And I'm like, why is that weird? Like, why is that a staple in our relationships versus being able to just communicate? This is how I feel. This is how I feel. Oh, okay, cool. There's an understanding and we're good. Like, I can't tell you my poor husband, bless his heart, how many times I've had things come up that have nothing to do with him. It's the tone of his voice. It's words that he used that didn't even mean the same thing that I took it as, but because it's a trigger for me, like I would immediately get upset or get emotional. He's like, what happened? Right. And so I started making it a point for me, you know, a lot of people journal and I do, I still journal occasionally, but for me, it was conversating with it out loud. So if it bothered me, even if I had to sit with it, I would come back and say, Hey, do you have five minutes? Like, I just, I just need to tell you something. Like, I don't need you to fix it. I don't need you to think it's your fault, but I need you to understand what just went through my head and why. And the more that I started doing that, the more that it not only opened up our relationship, but it opened up my eyes to be able to continue conversating on a deeper level with my coaching clients and other people as well, because now it's become a new normal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, my question is kind of twofold, but you've been on quite a healing journey and have all these experiences that have allowed you to tap into big, deep emotions, right? And I am curious your perspective on, we can't have those calm conversations because that's kind of the other side of the pendulum, if you will. Like mm -hmm. we've buried all the emotions for a really long time, right? Like men aren't allowed to cry. Women aren't allowed to be angry, right? A lot of these like old stereotypical things and the calm talk it through thing sounds glorious, but it's, it's not honoring the emotions in the middle. And so what's your kind of perspective on how do we move through the, in the middle point to allow and accept those emotions to be able to move to the other side, which is the ultimate goal of just talking it out. Right. But mm -hmm. just be kind of curious your perspective on that, or if that doesn't resonate at all for you. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it does. And it's so funny because it's, it's been in a lot of my conversations lately that I've had with people around communication. For me, it's curiosity. If you come to a conversation, any conversation, even if it's a calm conversation and you already come with your pros and cons, your sided view, and you're right, you're never going to be able to get to being able to handle the emotions or to the other side where you can calmly connect through it. So you have to come at it, one, leaving your ego on the table because nobody needs to be right. And two, you need to be able to be genuinely curious about what is going on with the other person. And that's something I started doing. I asked why a lot, like a lot. And I started doing that in the beginning just to kind of open my brain up to the other perspective, right? Because we only know what we know and we know our perspective, but we don't understand the others. So 
you obviously have to have someone on the other side that's willing to explain, but an understanding people, like I know some things that my husband's been through and, and things like that. And, you know, I know what my kids have been through, but getting into those conversations and saying, okay, why are you feeling that way? Like making them answer questions. And then instead of internalizing from your own perspective, I always try to reflect back. And so I'm like, okay, okay. What I heard you say was X, Y, Z. Is, is that what you meant? Or because a lot of times, right, we take it in, especially if there's that emotion there, that trigger that's there, we immediately fall into that emotion and then we get stuck. So by, if you feel that emotion coming up by asking a question to make sure you understand, a lot of times you'll find out that you took it the wrong way. Oh, no, no, no. It's not the way I meant it. What I was saying was, right. You give them the opportunity to better explain so that your brain can go, oh, right. And for me, it almost dissolves the emotion because the trigger that you thought was there now isn't because it wasn't actually a truth. It was just something that the subconscious was holding on to. So for me, it's a way to bring the brain back to the actual truth, not just the truth that my brain is telling me. We all know that, right? Our brains tell us whatever truths it feels like. And so I, I've done that a lot. I even did it with a lot of my belief systems as well, right? Like anything that I thought I believed in, like I had to find things that I could be like, okay, well, I know what you're saying, but what I'm showing you here <laughs> is evidence that like you are no longer true, right? And, and so that really help. But I, I do think that leaving the ego at the table and knowing that coming into a conversation of it doesn't matter who's right. Like I want to curiously understand someone else helps out tremendously and never assuming like always, always asking questions. And that's what helped me get from always being triggered and always being upset to, I can get through most of a conversation. I can feel the emotions, but it's not so heavy that like I can't continue the conversation. And I know that I'm in a space where I can openly say how I feel. And the person now is going to reflect that back. What about the never ending cycle that can occur when, or if someone abides by own your intention and your impact, meaning to your point about always being triggered. So I'm triggered by something. I share my insights with the person. Do they have any onus or can they, is there a capacity for them to understand, you know, when I say intention and impact, it's like, I didn't mean for that to land that way, but I also mm -hmm. understand that it did for you, but could that go in like a vicious cycle? <laughs> I think that it depends on the person that you're conversating with, right? Because you are going to have those people where you are trying to be open and explain and ask questions and you see that it's triggering them because they don't know how to handle it because they've always been taught to shut up or be quiet or not talk their, their way. And for me, that is, that's a way to come from a completely different place of I have empathy for how they feel. And I also understand that their feelings are theirs and there's nothing I can do to correct that. So it kind of takes that, essentially kind of takes that guilt away from that, where you do have the ability to step out and be like, hey, you know what? I feel like we're kind of going in circles. I feel like maybe what I'm saying isn't resonating or you're not understanding and it's totally fine. Like I validate, but it gives you permission, right? To stop the conversation. I, I will say that since I have started asking more questions, I have not had that happen. Even with those that I have had that you can tell when you're asking certain things, it's making them uncomfortable. And it, maybe this is just my perspective, but 
when I come into a room or when I'm on a zoom or whatever, and we're having that conversation, I come from such a place of honoring everything that they feel, whether I, I understand it or agree with it completely or not, that it's almost like you can see their shoulders drop. And while some of it may still affect them or bother them, you don't get that like catty answers back and forth kind of a thing. And I can also be like, hey, if this is too much of a conversation, like we we can always pause, right? And still give someone that space to where they can say, no, 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 you know what? Like, this is actually good for me. And I've had people actually tell me that before. I had one that we were actually dealing with a very triggering issue with her mother. And it was like this vicious cycle. And I just kept asking questions. And then I was like, okay, well, what I hear you saying is, but what I hear your boundary is or two different things, right? So I was just bringing perspectives, but there was no judgment. And I feel like a lot of people can feel that. And so while they may still have their opinion or they may have their ways of like putting their wall up, you'll notice that they don't put their walls up as high, if that makes sense. No, it does. I love that. You're tapping into two things that are like, I if there are magic wand that I could wave over the world and bring more <laughs> of these skills into its curiosity. And the other piece that I think you attach to curiosity, which I agree with wholeheartedly is like critical thinking, right? And so this ability to be in those conversations to get curious and allow that to like create thinking for you rather than mm-hmm. assumption or taking words for what they are to you, right? To actually ask more questions, to be able to think broader, to expand your own perspective, to bring more into your awareness, I feel is the best way to connect with other people because you're hearing and wanting to learn. So I love that. What do you think about critical thinking? Is that, do you feel like that's tied to this curiosity or how people can better connect with each other? I do because- if you look at it from a perspective of critical thinking, it's kind of like a puzzle piece, mm-hmm. right? So you're, you're still kind of putting a puzzle together. What you're doing is you're just wrapping in the empathy piece of it and separating yourself from how they see it versus how you see it. And I think that some of that comes with kind of like an inner confidence of knowing, like, I know that I'm coming into this conversation to be completely whole heart and non-judging and trying to be helpful. If they don't take it that way, that's their perspective. But I know I've done everything in my power to make them feel comfortable, to let them open up, whatever the case may be. And I think that creating that space really opens the doors for critical thinking and for that empathy to tie in together. Because again, you kind of take yourself out of the scenario, uh, which a lot of people fail to do, right? Even with those that, you know, are like, oh no, I understand. It's great. We can still get caught up in, well, now I feel guilty because like, if I would have explained it differently, no, no, like you can explain it till you're blue in the face. However, they took it is how they took it, right? You can offer to explain it better if you see that it's affecting them, but that's not your fault that that emotion came up for them. And I think that's something that we all do is we shame and guilt ourselves for other people's emotions when we know we didn't mean to. And I think you said this earlier too, which is like the emotion that I attach to the situation that they may have not even actually emoted, Mm. right? Like, oh, I said something. They may have heard it, misunderstood it, triggered it. You don't know what those you can ask, certainly. 
and they may be experiencing something and you don't actually experience exactly what they're experiencing. You translate that into your own emotion of shame, guilt, Mm -hmm. whatever that happens to be. Right. And so I love this way of kind of, you said it before too, leaving the ego on the table, right? Because it's really the ego that's creating this like game yeah, (laughs) of emotions, right? For all of us. And if we can leave that separate, then we're able to just lead with our heart and say, well, I wanted to connect. We connected in the best way that I felt that I could. And if that didn't translate for them, like that's their work to do. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where as humans, we get to decide whether we stay connected in that space with that individual or we kind of lovingly part ways. And that can be true of someone that's been in your life for a long time or someone that's right in front of you. It's yeah. uh, it's yeah. healing and growth is can can be an isolating and lonely journey because you've come to realize it's not about necessarily changing who you are it's kind of like discarding who you're not mm-hmm. and so many things out of my first 40 years. And this is beautifully like what, what Carrie said earlier, we're, we're re-meeting again because the bulk of my life, I've had to wear a protective mask in survival mode, fight or flight kind of vibe. Whereas this is a whole new realm for me where peace is a choice and it's a choice that I highly guard and protect. <laughs> so, and that's really that's that's really kind of challenging right now because seemingly everyone in my life is not only a trigger but disrupts my peace. Mm. So yeah, and that can be really hard, especially when when you're dealing with people that are close to you. Especially, you know, even with my kids, when I was going through my healing journey, I didn't necessarily have the capacity to handle all the crap that they were going through. Right, I also understood that they get to a certain age where they also have to make their own choices to find their own journey. And I can't keep holding their hand to find that journey for them. So give you kind of a, a, an example, my oldest one, he's about 15. There was a lot of things happening. I had just left my ex that I bought the house from. And so there was all that he's never had a stable dad in his life. His father showed up after 15 years of not being available and cause a lot of commotion and was just like in and out, very tumultuous. And there was a couple of other people that he was hanging around, right? That he made some not smart decisions, right? But I had to realize as a parent that his decisions were his decisions and not my decisions. And that I can still love him for who he is at a distance and be there for him when he makes that turn, if he does. And if not, I can still love him from a distance and I always will but understanding where that boundary is. And I feel like a lot of people forget that we can create that with anyone that we're close to, especially when it comes to family, right? Like I I talked about the lady that it was her and her mom was, her mom was very triggering and always been very narcissistic in her life and so on and so forth. And one of the things that I asked her was, is I said, why do you feel like it's your responsibility to now take care of her? If you're telling me she never took care of you. Right. And like, that was a moment of reflection and she didn't even think about it that way. She was like, well, it's just my mom. And I'm like, who wrote in the book that that is your responsibility? Yes. I understand that we love our families and we want to be a part of them. And so there's that invisible line of you should always love 
you should always love your family, right? Blood's thicker than water. That's horse crap. Okay. I'm just going to tell you right now, like I've met amazing people that are not even close right to blood that are amazing people. And I can create a family of that on my own and still love certain people in my life at a distance where I create the boundary and I protect my peace by saying, Hey, you know what? Now's not a good time. And if they get frustrated, I don't have to handle it because I know that that's not my emotion. And I did what I needed to do. And I was being true to myself. And so it's easier now, right? To be like, okay, they made their decision. I made my decision, but my health, my wealth, my body is more important. And I know that I have other things to do for this world. And this is not leveling it up. And it's a reminder, right? It's a constant reminder. I have family that I don't necessarily speak with that much, right? Polite, but I keep my distance. And I do that on purpose because family isn't always it. And there's a lot of people that were raised in broken homes with a lot of trauma. It's not your responsibility to fulfill their happiness. That is their journey and you are on your own journey. And whether that means that your paths will eventually cross again, or if they're going to run parallel, that's just the way that it is. And we forget that that is, an, that is something we are able to do. I think the the hard part on that, I love the way you said like run parallel. That's what I'm feeling a lot about because it's not about animosity or drama. It's lovingly letting them run in parallel and wishing well. And to your point, if they intersect again, that's, that's amazing. And that's beautiful. And that's meant to be, but otherwise just leading with peace and curiosity to your point. So, mm-hmm. okay. You want to wrap us up? Yeah, this was absolutely beautiful. And I have even more that I'd love to dig into. So maybe someday we'll have the opportunity to go a little bit further because I have so there's so many great nuggets out of this and time is always limiting. Uh, (laughs) But this was absolutely beautiful. I love your perspective and how that comes into the world. Um, I'd love to hear how you are bringing this to other people and where people can find you. Yeah, sure. So I bring it through speaking and coaching. So, and I mean, you can find that on my website, which is the-lotus-effect.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn, um, Facebook, Instagram at the Lotus coach. So you can always find me and I'm constantly sharing stuff. I do my best to be extremely real (laughs) and share all kinds of Uh, things that's going on, but that's probably the best two ways to connect with me is through my coaching or speaking, which I I really, really enjoy doing. So, well, I can see how magnificent you are and how much you can impact people through both of those methods. So thank you so much for sharing it with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. So welcome. All right. Thank you, everyone. This was the great connect with Amy and Carrie. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.